Welcome to Raise the Line with Osmosis from Elsevier, seeking solutions with leading experts on how to increase healthcare capacity so people can get the care they need during the pandemic and beyond. Hi, everybody. I'm Michael Carice. In this special episode of Raise the Line, we'll be talking to one of the winners of the 2022 Osmosis Raise the Line Faculty Awards, who was chosen from over 1,000 nominations we received from 377 institutions around the world, with students and colleagues submitting videos and testimonials telling us how they embody the six osmosis core values. I'm here today with Dr. Athanasios Fasoulis. He's director of the Master's of Science Psychiatry Program and Digital Education Lead at Cardiff University in Wales. And thanks very much for joining us and congratulations. Well, thank you very much and thank you for having me. So tell us uh, about your background and, and how did you get started on your path to a career in education? Well, uh, so in terms of how it all started, uh, I guess I'll go, I won't go all the way back. I'll start at the PhD. So I, I did my PhD in uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. So I always had a, a kind of an interest in, in uh, neuroscience, behavioral science. And uh, I think I, it was at that point when I was doing my PhD, I realized that uh, I was drawn to teaching. I enjoyed the research, uh, but I think I was drawn to to the kind of more teaching focused side of things. And uh, my my supervisor at the time, uh, Prof McHugh, uh, couldn't make a lecture that she was meant to deliver. I remember it was uh, research and stats, and uh, I was kind of thrown into the deep end a little bit. But uh, but looking back, I, I really appreciate that opportunity, and it kind of confirmed that education was definitely the the area I wanted to uh, to pursue. I did a little bit of postdoctoral work after that in, in Greece and uh, in the UK uh, until I got my uh, first lecturer job at uh, Cardiff University in 2014, uh, lecture in psychiatry. And you know, whilst Cardiff is is uh, excellent uh, research institution, um, the the focus on teaching ex- excellence was something that really appealed to me. And uh, it was from that very first post that I I, I had the opportunity to explore my. Uh, kind of i'd say hopefully budding teaching innovation and uh, and and experiment a little bit with that so uh, yeah I, I think um i i always knew this was the area that i wanted to pursue but it was it was cardiff university's emphasis on teaching excellence that kind of really did bring it out in me and we'll get into some detail on that and your innovative approaches to teaching but i also want to know before we go any further um about psychiatry what drew you to that field so my, my background is in experimental psychology, uh, and um, uh, I have a personal experience with OCD. So I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder as a, as a teenager. Uh, and I guess that's where my interest came, uh, <laughs> came into it, because um, there is only so much, I think, that uh, medicine on its own can do. There's only so much that psychology on its own can do. But uh, when when you you bring the two together, the biological, the neurobiological, and the kind of environmental behavioral factors, uh, I think that's when you you start to understand conditions uh, of a psychiatric nature a lot better. And you know, in my instance, the kind of neurobiological basis of OCD made a lot of sense for me. But but also environmental factors uh, helped my understanding, and that's something that I was drawn to in, in a research sense. So I think um, that's something that I found interesting. And also, I, I had a, a very close family member take his own life when I was uh, 16 years old. And I guess at that age, you, you 
you don't quite understand suicide and you want to understand why, you know, what would make someone take their own life. And I think for me, that was confirmation that this is an area that I'd like to understand a lot better and perhaps even dedicate my, my future career to, to uh, kind of ensure that we do something to intervene at an earlier stage. Well, that's certainly a deeply rooted interest. So your teaching, uh, as we came to know from all the nominations, has inspired um, a lot of young health professionals. And we were wondering who inspired you to teach? That's a big question. To teach, I would say many colleagues at Cardiff University. So uh, first and foremost, I think um, those who gave me my, my first gig, my first break at Cardiff University, uh, Prof. James Walters and Dr. Liz Forty. Uh, the, um, the first post I held whilst it was lecturing in psychiatry was, was very much teaching focused. And, and that's something that I wanted, which is why I applied for the post. Uh, and I, I found working with them really, really great. And, and that's why I kind of decided to stay at Cardiff. I went for a lecture in medical education position, which I got and got to meet amazing people like uh, the now head of school, Professor Stephen Riley, Professor Marcus Coffey, uh, and many others. And uh, th they served as mentors for me. Um, perhaps unwillingly, but uh, I, I wouldn't say that I I, I modeled what I did on them. I, I think I, I I observed their practice, but I followed my own roots. And uh, I think what I aspired to was the kind of passion that they have for teaching. And, and that's kind of rubbed off on me. I was talking to you before we started recording this. So we had Dr. Riley on the Raise the Line podcast uh, this uh, summer, and it was wonderful to talk to him about what attracted him to Wales, which is with sense of citizenship and social accountability and how that's been woven into the curriculum in a lot of ways and provided opportunities for the health students to be engaged in the community in lots of different ways. So that's all wonderful background for them. Now comes the point where we're going to embarrass you and share with you some of the things that the nominees said. Uh, you received many, many testimonials from students and colleagues, and we have a snapshot here that I'm going to read. So at the heart of Dr. Thanasi's teaching ethos is the student experience, and he is expert at incorporating student feedback into iterative adaptions of his practice to enhance and enable their learning activities. He has led the development of innovative teaching approaches and the development of a student-centered approach to digital and blended teaching. His teaching methods are not only innovative, but they are always developed with a big focus on inclusivity. And this inclusivity is not only regarding students, but staff as well. So what's your reaction to all that? I mean, that's it's really moving. It's really touching that um, you know someone would 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 come up with all of that, and uh, yeah, it really makes me feel good that um, my my practice, my teaching practice, is having that impact on on students and and colleagues. What are you uh, you know proudest of in terms of the innovations that you bring to teaching? What's you know, and and are there moments when you really feel like you're you're centering that student voice is paying off. I think, yeah, I think what I'm proudest of is the um, kind of, I like bringing creativity into things. So thinking a little bit out of the box. And I think that's potentially what, what the students like as well. I think um, we have moved away from the traditional, purely didactic way of delivering teaching, which is good. Uh, and this is something that, you know, obviously platforms such as yours. I mean, Osmosis is amazing in in, in uh, spearheading that. Um, and the 
that has been an inspiration to me as well, in all honesty, because um, the way in which you incorporate uh, or, or rather bring students into the learning as active participants is is something that that I've I've tried to do in my practice, and I think what I'm proudest of is 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 that um, there was uh, earlier on when I was um, a few years ago lecturing in medical education one of my first attempts to kind of pilot a new approach was to to bring um, student co-module leads into one of the modules I led on, uh, which may <laughs> seem a bit controversial at first to some colleagues, but um, I, I felt that was important for the students to have a voice in terms of curriculum design and development. Obviously, students come in with a lot of blue sky thinking. That That's great. Um, and and we sometimes we need to put the brakes on that a little bit, uh, a little bit of a ta taste of reality. But I think sometimes we become a little bit too grounded uh, as um, academics, as as uh, educators. And, and thinking outside of the box does help when you have a student on your shoulder kind of giving you their perspective of how things come across. Um, you know, from the other side of the lectern. Uh, and yeah, the, that has kind of driven over the years uh, where I, w w what I've tried to do now in, in developing our Cardiff University School of Medicine's digital education group. Uh, so that was launched uh, just over a year ago. Uh, we call it Hive, Hybrid and Interactive Virtual Environments. And and yeah, I, I'm really proud of that because I think what we've done is we've we've really embedded within um, the school the the notion that uh, students have to be active participants, whether that be on the physical campus or the virtual. So people hear digital education and they think, okay, it's it's all online, which is it's it's not necessarily true. I think you know we live in an era now with so many platforms, so many dig digital tools at our disposal. You can't just rely on the <laughs> The 45 50 minute powerpoint presentation anymore um no. th there's so much we can do and and yeah, i'm I'm really pl proud of the fact that you know the group that i've helped create and the enthusiasm that colleagues have shown to get involved yeah I, I feel proud when when someone presents a lecture using something different something new and, and the student feedback is great that, that makes me feel really good so give us an example of student impacting the curriculum well the the first time I piloted this was with the uh, undergraduate medical program, and it was actually a, a kind of a, a unit of study on um, a head trauma case, so a year two neurology type of um, units of study. And uh, I appealed for uh, student volunteers from our senior student cohorts to, to come forward and kind of identify where they, in hindsight, felt there may have been some gaps in, in the curriculum, at least in, in the first phase, in the preclinical years. Uh, and, and that was really good because, um, you know, we are aware of where most gaps are. It was a new curriculum at the time as well, the curriculum for the 21st century that, that kind of um, uh, had launched in 2013-14. So it was around 14-15 that I launched this initiative and and um, the students were, were really, you know, as the years went by, um, insightful in terms of, well, for example, you could touch a little bit more on stroke, and that's something that we have embedded within the curriculum. Um, E-learning is something that was purely, <laughs> it was their idea, so I was always in favor of kind of these innovative approaches, but the fact that it came from the students, and the students said, we want bite-sized chunks of information, I think in essence what they were telling us is that they wanted something like Osmosis offers, um, that was tailored also to, to the learning outcomes that we offer at Cardiff University, that kind of reaffirmed and, and confirmed what many of us felt was was needed was this kind of 
supplementary and also sometimes uh, not just supplementary, but actually some of it mandatory e-learning that, that further enhance their understanding of key concepts and, and also engaging and interactive as well. Yeah, it really does seem like we're in an era now where students are partners, I guess, more in learning than just being the recipients of learning. Would you say that's true? Definitely, definitely. And I, I think uh, the fact that we, you know, in medicine, at least, the, the students will eventually become educators and they'll be educators, you know, working clinically, they, they will be teaching medical students inevitably. Um, and the fact that we have so many of them coming forward and expressing kind of an interest in, in, in teaching and pedagogy and things that, that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis is, is really inspiring to see as well. And I, I think that needs to be harnessed and uh, looked after. Students who come forward and have a passion in uh, working as partners with, with, with staff, I think uh, it's definitely something that um, I personally find valuable. Yeah, no, absolutely. So as you uh, know, osmosis has six core values. Start with the heart, spread joy, have each other's backs, imagine more, open your arms and reach further. We're wondering if there's one of those that you feel embody uh, that that you embody and and tell us why. Yeah, I really like the uh, the analogy with the 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 anatomy, the, the various organs. I, I think what did stand out for me was the heart, the, the the joy, the care, and I think care is kind of the the philosophy that underpins what I do. I I, I care that um, you know I, I wouldn't feel good if I deliver a session that uh, students don't feel went very well. Um, I care about the student learning experience because I, partly because of my OCD, I think, but also because uh, I'm, I'm passionate about teaching. Um, and uh, that care, I think, drives me to to be better at what I do. Uh, and, and I think that's that propels the, the innovation that I, I, I try to um, work on. Uh, as part of my day-to-day -day job and 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 encourage others to do as well um i also i think i i try to at least care about my colleagues experiences uh i know that being um a lecturer uh, professor these days is is more challenging perhaps I, I don't want to speak out of turn but i remember when i was a student um our professors were revered for being experts in their fields but they didn't necessarily have all the teaching qualifications and the emphasis on, on pedagogy that, that, that there is today. And I think lecturers these days need that and professors need that. Um, and it can be overwhelming at times for colleagues who you know, have their day-to-day -day job need to also undertake this extra training to, to be good teachers, to be good educators. Uh, and I, I think it's important that we, we work together as, as a team. So, uh, yeah, I, I do care that um, colleagues may be overwhelmed at times and, and helping where at least I can, I think, even if I, I, if I, if I make a small difference, that's, <laughs> I want to say that's enough for me. I know me and my OCD would want more than that, but that, that's a good <laughs> Well, and on top of the pedagogy that they're, that they're required need to learn. There's also that whole layer of digital technology and learning how to teach effectively in a virtual environment and which you are intimately involved in. So that is a lot. Definitely. And you could tell that, um, you know, people were overwhelmed, especially when the pandemic first struck and, um, it wasn't so bad for programs that had quite a prominent e-learning component. A lot of our postgraduate programs are like that. 
but for for instance the the undergraduate programs and the the uh, medical program which is is massive um you know you have one and a half thousand students across five years and that's predominantly face to face uh going you know overnight into lockdown that that was quite overwhelming for a lot of people and um i think that's what also served as a catalyst for our group, uh, which is now known as Hive. And what we did initially was provide a few workshops to help colleagues with starting off with things like Zoom, which was new to a lot of people, uh, starting off with Teams as well, and then going on to kind of the more advanced stuff. We offered workshops in how to use various platforms in, in designing effective e-learning, how to um, create uh, an interactive pre-recorded lecture with you know embedded activities within those. Uh, and and how to make your your uh, live webinars more interactive as well. And we've sort of carried that on now, even post you know, post lockdown, post pandemic, um, spilling over into the virtual campus as well. We we don't want to lose that that emphasis on on the digital because um, yeah, I think as you, as you've said, it it is here to stay, and it's 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 only going to get kind of more advanced. I know that a lot of schools now are looking at virtual reality, augmented reality, so you don't want to miss the boat. I think. Yeah, we're not even going to get into chatbots and AI and all of that. Um, so when you look ahead and think about your teaching and your career, what do you think is next for you? Do you anticipate, you know, continuing to evolve? What are some thoughts about that? Um, I think what I'm most passionate about is seeing our new digital education group Hive kind of adapt to its new post-pandemic um, existence and era. Uh, the next step, I think, is to collaborate with a, a few national and international partners we, we've um, established relationships with to, to look at how what we developed develop could uh, be of use to perhaps students uh, elsewhere. So one example is the University of Cape Town. I'm working with a, a colleague there who um, has identified certain gaps in their students' knowledge, which we could fill, and vice versa, they, they could help us uh, fill those gaps through joint uh, e-learning creation. Um, and, and I think it's that kind of networking, those links that we're looking to establish. I'm, I'm quite excited by all of that. And um, uh, and also uh, ensuring that our students at Cardiff University have, have a great learning experience through uh, interactive learning, whether that is synchronous, asynchronous, on the physical campus, on the virtual campus. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and on a personal note as well, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to also explore sorts of uh, further opportunities in, in postgraduate education um, and and uh, kind of senior roles there uh, because I think that there are I'll be honest I think there are junior lecturers coming in behind me who uh, obviously they've got skill sets that surpass mine when it comes to to coding and and the digital stuff and I, I'd be more than happy to to hand over what what I've started to them because I think that's the way something grows it's not to hold on to it but to pass it on to people who can take it to the next level it's very wise. So, uh, as you know, obviously we're a teaching company and we love to fill knowledge gaps. Um, I'm curious to know if there's a particular topic that you're very interested in where you would say to us, you know, osmosis, why don't you make a video about that? What would that be? That, that's a difficult one because you've made a lot of videos and I, I actually challenged my wife, <laughs> a pediatrician, and I said to her, because we, we've got a, a subscription for our students, an osmosis subscription, and, and they love it. And, I was telling my wife about it. I said, give, give me any topic. And um, she went through <laughs> almost everything she could think of. And there was a video about it. So I, I don't I, think there's a video that, <laughs> that you haven't made. But my personal interest is the kind of neurobiology of, of 
psychiatric conditions, so psychoses, uh, uh, OCD specifically, which is, is my area of interest. And I, I think that that is an area of interest for me because there, there's a lot of misinformation in terms of many psychiatric conditions. And uh, the one that I focus on is, is OCD because um, people will take it as kind of quirky behavior or um, a little bit of eccentricity. Uh, people enjoy, you know, for instance, for instance, cleaning things like that. Whereas the the neurobiology underpinning the condition and the the, the distress that that kind of dysregulation causes, uh, I think, is is sometimes not 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 purposely. I think it's sometimes overlooked and uh, indirectly diminishes the experience of people with these conditions. And there's a lot of misinformation, not just with OCD. I think um, challenging the stigma is a big one in, in psychiatry. I think people, for instance, with schizophrenia. Uh, frequently, at least in the media, are equated with being being violent, um, and we know that most of the time, time uh, people with uh, a psychotic disorder have have been on the receiving end of violence. So I I I think, and I wouldn't say that's something that you haven't developed, but I think that's an area that, at least in terms of society in general and contributing to to a better understanding of psychiatric conditions, I think that's an area that uh, we, we all could could. Uh, do more in terms of addressing but i'll be honest i think millennials the, the gen z i think they're called the, the the latest generation i think they're a lot better at challenging the stigma than than our predecessors were and, and that's really nice to see yeah i would agree with you there what's your go-to advice for students uh, who are heading out on a health career i think but so what i would say is um be open about your experiences. Uh, if if you're feeling overwhelmed, uh, working in in the health sector, uh, medical professional, what have you, you know, th there are rewarding experiences, but you will have really really rough days, um, and it's important to to talk about that and not not to sort of isolate yourself, not only from others but from your own experiences as well, because you don't want to burn out you don't want anything worse than burnout and i think sharing your experiences obviously not oversharing but be, being open about what you're going through is, is really important um and working as a team is is key as well and i think you can only work as a team when 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 you're open about what you're going through uh address each other's weaknesses and, and work on each other's uh, play to each other's strengths um yeah be part of a, a team uh and 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 be true to yourself it's wonderful advice. Um, so as we wrap up here, I wanted to give you an opportunity to thank anybody to imagine yourself on the Oscar stage accepting the award, or in your case, BAFTA awards or something. But are there some folks you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, I'll try not to make a really long Oscar acceptance speech here, but I think... Um... And I won't start playing music if it goes too long. <laughs> okay, it's good to know. Uh, I, I probably comes to mind so um, tomorrow would have been my late dad's birthday and i think he's probably first person i would thank because um he identified well, my my parents my mom and dad noticed something wasn't going quite well when i was a teenager and i think it was their early intervention that that really helped me um at least you know go through school uh having received the support i needed uh, go through through college university and and my you know get to where i am today so i without their early intervention i i can honestly say i wouldn't be here speaking to you right now um my parents my, my sister has also been there um seven years ago my, my my wife um came onto the scene and i think she she's been a great support uh whenever i'm bouncing ideas uh off of her to do with uh, creating this or that resource um 
she she she's always there with a smile on her face, even though I know sometimes she's dying inside listening to <laughs> to the rant on. But yeah, she's always been there for me. Um, and then my colleagues as well. Uh, I mentioned Prof Coffee and uh, Prof Friday. Uh, they've been inspirational. Doctor Dale Maida, who I I, I think submitted that uh, quote that you read out. She's a, a new lecturer in our Center for Medical Education, and I just find her passion for teaching inspirational. Um, many colleagues, Professor Ann Taylor, who's given me my opportunity to um, develop my skills in postgrad, and students. Uh, to be honest with you, I've, I've been teaching at Cardiff University for eight and a half years, and I, I can remember students who stood out from the first year I started I won't list all of them, but students like Alex Hackney, Thomas Bairsford, they they were the uh, student co-leads uh, for that um, unit of study I mentioned. And then some inspirational students who have just gone above and beyond their studies, um, Murray, Ravanth, Srinjay, so many of them. Uh, I, I didn't used to go above and beyond when I was a student, I'll be honest. Uh, it's something that I kind of have grown into but yeah just watching these students go above and beyond and have the passion that they do i find it inspirational and yeah my thanks to all of them for being my inspiration as well that's wonderful it sounds like you're in a great spot supportive creative place to do teaching and, and learning i would say so yeah and I, we, we have a new uh, dean of medical education uh, dr jamie reed and he's been really supportive of um everything that we're trying to do in terms of pushing the envelope when it comes to teaching innovation. Uh, and yeah, I, I would say the support that we receive is, is invaluable. Well, I'm going to have to stop it there, but I want to thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, congratulations once again on receiving this award. It's obvious why you were nominated for it and were selected. And, uh, you know, we're just wishing you the, the very best in the coming year. And we want to thank you for helping to train the next generation of healthcare professionals. Thank you. And thank you for everything that you do as well. It is really, really inspirational for our students. Well, we appreciate that. I'm Michael Carice. Thanks for checking out this special episode of Raise the Line. If you would like to learn about the other faculty award winners from 2022, please check out osmosis.org forward slash faculty dash awards. And as always, remember to do your part to raise the line and strengthen the healthcare system. We are all in this together. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our episodes at osmosis.org slash raise the line podcast. <laughs>